Cutting Out Early, the podcast. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I'm in a glass case of emotion! With Max, Zach, and Alex. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 12 of the Cutting Out Early podcast. Man, oh man. Flying by. It's October 6, 2020. Max Major. Zach Montgomery. What's up? Alex Newth on uh, on Zoom. Can I can I talk now? <laughs> you can talk. We can hear you just fine. I, th- I think this will work out okay. Yeah, well, he's here, right? Yeah, you're here. <laughs> How's it going over there in uh in Grand Rapids, Alex? Uh, it's it's good. My my apartment's still a little empty, but but I'm here. Nice. Well, that's internet's good. working. That's <laughs> all that matters, right? That's sometimes the uh, the biggest struggle is getting that working. That's for sure. But uh, no, I, th- I think I think we'll be okay. I mean, uh, you started your job. You're gonna be there for the for the I guess the time being now. So uh, we're we're gonna have to get used to this. Uh, it'll, it'll it'll work out though. It'll be good. It'll be good. But uh, we're glad everyone's here. Uh, it's a busy day. Man, there's a lot to talk about today. There, there is quite a bit to get into. Uh, we do have some news with the Red Wings that we'll touch on soon. The NHL draft is tonight, which is uh, pretty cool. Red Wings are drafting number four. They still got kind of uh, kind of screwed, uh, big time, actually, uh, with that number four pick. But uh, it is what it is. They're going to make the best of it. I trust Iserman. Uh, a lot of other news going on today. Um, stuff with uh, masks in Michigan and other COVID restrictions, uh, kind of some big developments over the weekend. Uh, there's a funny story about something that happened in Meyer and uh, God, a bunch of other stuff. Bachelorette starting up next week and a uh, very inspirational video encouraging people to get out and vote. Get the vote out. So. <laughs> Tell me, I'm voting twice after seeing that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that soon. Um, I mean, the big story is uh, since we've been on, at least, is is what's going on with uh, with Trump and the whole COVID thing. And I, I know last time that we recorded, we were watching the debate uh, that Tuesday night. Uh, God, that, that feels like a century ago. I mean, I, I can't be the only one who feels like that. There's so much that's happened since that time that the the debate. My God, that feels like forever ago. Yeah. No, I it, it it's been a huge news week, I think. And, uh, yeah, the president getting COVID is probably the one at the top of it, you know. So Especially well, with, with how, like, if, if there was concerns about, like, if he got it at the debate, if Joe Biden had it and stuff yeah. like that, too. So It was kind of relieving in a way to see both sides. Not everybody from both sides, but, like, Joe Biden, for instance, kind of. He took down his negative ads about Trump, and he was tweeting support supporting messages towards him. Uh, and, you know, something that I thought was was pretty admirable. Uh, it was from both sides. I mean, obviously, there were some sides that were not very happy about this and wanted the worst, but I don't think that was the majority. Uh, so it was kind of a nice little, like, 
wow, we're all we're all kind of coming together. But then it changed. It's all back to normal now, it seems like. <laughs> because the whole thing about now he's back in the White House, he's he's not wearing his mask when he's talking to the people. He had that drive-by, and that's obviously stirred up a bunch of controversy. Uh, so it's obviously been dominating the news cycle uh, recently. But, you know, we're hoping for the best, and, and hopefully everything's okay. It, it sure seems like it. I, I don't know. As the medical professional here, Zach, yeah. what's your take? Not treating President Trump. You but. know, I have, I'm not able to look at the president's chart, so I can't really say <laughs> how well he's doing. But, um, I mean, it sounds like he's fine. He's out of the hospital. It, it, it was probably more of a precaution thing to have him in the hospital. At least it seems like usually if you're in the hospital – you need to be on oxygen, and at least that's the admission criteria at, at the at the place I work. So, um, well, he was on oxygen, was he? Yeah, for that one day when the. Did you ever watch those press conferences that? Yeah, the, he was uh, on oxygen two separate occasions at least. Wow! Um, just to get his his uh, you know his saturation levels back up, but I mean, he, I think it was a little touch and go. I don't think he was ever in that much danger, at least from the reports I've read. Um, I mean, his doctor and he says, say he's doing, you know, pretty well, but then you had his chief of staff coming out and saying, you know, it, it wasn't looking all that good, but you know, now he's back at the white house and you saw him climb the steps. And even though he looked a little out of breath and kind of in pain at the top of the steps, I mean, that's just to be expected. I mean, he's not at a hundred percent, that's for sure. But I mean, he, he looks okay. I mean, well, not much to be said there. I, I I think this is true for every president, and it's probably been happening forever since we've had presidents. They're always going to be as super optimistic as possible about any type of medical condition that a president goes through. I mean, yeah. as far as media coverage or press, they're not going to want to create any fear or any type of uh, doubt in his ability to, to govern. Uh, so obviously, I mean— He's Nobody, also on a lot of medication right now. Oh, I'm sure he is. But I mean, like, I mean, the perfect example is FDR in a wheelchair. I mean, so much of the country didn't know that because it was just kept secret. Now today, with the internet and everything, that's pretty much impossible. But my point is that that's what it is, where they try to downplay any type of illness or, or anything that, that presidents have. So there's no different here difference here. But it is encouraging to see him out of the hospital and back in the thick of things, even though people are upset about his actions and wearing masks and stuff like that. And a little drive by, but I don't know. There's going to be, there's going to be fight from that side all the time. It's, it's never going to change. It's just the way it is. That's yeah. politics for you. Yeah. And probably I mean, he's, been, he's been a bad example for, for COVID the whole, the whole time. So, I mean, wasn't expecting that to change here. Well, I, to his to his benefit, probably the the treatments for COVID have really gotten a lot better. So I know I know a lot of people are a lot of people are saying that things aren't you know going to be nearly as bad as they once were. So yeah, no, <clears throat> it is what it is. I mean, we had to mention it. I mean, I don't want to belabor it. There's not much to talk about. We're not treating him. I mean, wh- who who are we to say? I mean, you know. So I, know, I, I was. I mean, we all watched the debate together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after last week's show, and I was really hoping that there was a lot we could talk about there just about how, you know, ridiculous it was. I mean, that was a debate of all debates. <laughs> you know, I, you know how I was saying how it's just fun for at least me to kind of, I almost put politics aside when I watch debates. I, I strictly watch it for entertainment, and maybe that's incredibly irresponsible for me to do, but I don't care. I'm not going to learn anything during any debate. But after a while, man, I got to tell you, that debate was just, it was it was tiring to watch. I felt like I was just running a marathon going through all that, trying to focus and handle everything. I mean, both sides, really. I, I thought it was poorly done on both sides. That's for sure. And it was just not enjoyable to watch after a while. That was my impression, at least. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was, I don't know, I, I kind of have the same take from it. I thought it was kind of shameful to see the, 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 the potential leaders of the greatest country in America <laughs> just, like, going up on stage and having, like, a, uh, what was that, Kim, keeping up with the Kardashians level um, <laughs> <laughs> debate, you know? Um, I don't know. It, it, it really distracted from the issues, I thought. You know, it just the the you know the down play or the down talk and everything. So it it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have them really talk about the issues, but um, it kind of seems like that's not the way this election's going. So <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. <laughs> Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. That's how Chris Wallace should have handled it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. So, no, it's... Get ready for next crazy uh, 28 days. There was, there Here was we a, go. There was a lot of Chris Wallace hate, and there was a lot of Chris Wallace, like, love afterward. Didn't you guys see that? Like, it was both ways. Everyone thought, like... There were some people that really liked him, and then they are like, oh, you know, he was you know, like taming them or whatever. Like he should be the next president. And then there were some people like he was the worst ever or something like that. It's crazy. I don't think he did a very good job. My opinion. I I thought it was poorly run. I think he, I think he was kind of losing control and didn't have any idea how to get it back. (laughs) And it was just kind of at a loss at that point. What he really needs is one of these boards so he can put a mute button on uh, either one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're talking about that now changing the format to have some type of mute button or something. So, I mean, I doubt anything's going to really change, but... <laughs> Can you imagine the, <laughs> the talking into the mic and no sound nope, coming out? Nope, nope, Mr. <laughs> Trump, nope, that's enough. Mr. Biden, <laughs> nope, nope, that's muted. <laughs> Actually, it's it's kind of funny because um, Channel 4 has... Uh, they moderate, like Devin Skillian, he's moderated the uh, gubernatorial debates, um, but mm. they have a mute button. They had a mute button. I remember when... when uh, when uh, Whitmer was debating, uh, and whenever they went over their time or whatever, it, they just cut him off. And honestly, from a TV viewing perspective, it was kind of weird because they were just in the middle of a sentence and all of a sudden just silence. And they were just on TV, just moving their lips, not talking, <laughs> no words coming out. And then Devin was like, you exceeded your time, miss, or whatever, and we're moving on. And that was it. I mean, it was kept, you know, it kept it going for sure, but it was just different. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to change anything as far as formatting con- is concerned, but they're going to put a plexiglass up tomorrow for the for the VP debate. Oh, yeah, really? we got another one tomorrow. That should be interesting. That'll be fun. And uh, then the uh, the next debate with with Trump and Biden, I I think is next Thursday, so nine days from tonight. And the whole question is 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 Trump going to do it? Is going to be healthy enough to do it? So, like I said, <laughs> it's going to be a fun. A few weeks until this uh, this election is over, and then I don't think all this uh, this division is going to end. I don't think it's just going to magically end. Uh, we'll still be dealing with it. That's that's what makes America great, I guess. That's the fun <laughs> part. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so that'll be uh, something to talk about. Eddie Van Halen died. Eddie Van Halen, the uh, the guitarist for Van Halen, he was, in my opinion at least, is somebody who loves rock and roll and classic rock as much as I do. More than more than Zach and Alex, that's for sure. I mean, they know it, but... No, I'm a big fan. What are you talking about? Why are you going to compare yourself yeah. to Well, that. come on. I mean, I'm... well. I like them a lot more than you do. Well, okay. What, what's my, my favorite band <laughs> is... Uh, 
wow, I'm Fleetwood, you know? it's Okay, well, here's my point exactly. You can't even think of your favorite band name. <laughs> what is I was this? I just blanking on the name. I, they are, but I'm just saying. I know, but okay, here, well, here's you what I will had say. To throw, you just had to throw in there. That <laughs> yeah. You just had to get it in there. I think we're all fans of classic you rock here. better than us in another way. Oh, my way. God. <laughs> well, specifically with Van Halen, specifically with Eddie Van Halen, uh, he was one of my personal favorite musicians of all time. Top three. There's a, there's a few up there. Eddie is up there. He was the guy that made me really fall in love with a guitar. Him and Jimmy Page were the two guys that I thought to myself, man, oh, man, the things they can do to that guitar is just incredible. And, and I wanted to play like Eddie when I was growing up. I was trying to learn Van Halen songs. I wanted to have that sound. Whatever he did on the guitar was just so freaking cool. And it was something that I always admired. And I always thought, man, if I could play like him one day. He was the best. He really was. But he died at 65 years old, way too young, uh, after battling throat cancer. It's, uh, it's, it's really too bad. It's too bad. We, lo- we lost a good one. We lost a good one. But uh, man, some some of his some of his songs, just telling you, you can't beat it. You really can't. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who don't know that he was playing the solo in in Michael Jackson's "Beat It." Yeah, that yeah. was him. I actually didn't know that until um, that was news to me. Yeah, I didn't know that until today, and I was reading about it. And isn't he, that weird? Yeah, he did it in like one or two, one and a half takes or something like that. Is what I was reading. And it, 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 I'm not gonna say this was the most reputable source. It was a comment under the like the <laughs> thing, but apparently he did it like just went in there, did it, and like walked out in like one and a half takes. Isn't Man. that crazy? I mean, it does rock. I mean, it's it's yeah. such a good addition to this song. I, I think it's perfectly placed. So anyway, that's Eddie. And people who love Michael Jackson, or listen to his songs at least, <laughs> they, they may not realize, yeah, that's him. That's him, baby. There we go. So anyway, uh, R.I.P. to him. It's uh, it's it's really too bad. Do, do you have a favorite Van Halen song? Music, um, Alex, maybe. I always liked "Hot for Teacher," but I like oh. the drum solo in the beginning. I oh, thought that was, but that's not Van. That's not uh, Eddie, obviously. That's his brother, Alex. Yeah, um, who actually was uh, at uh, Eddie's bedside when he when he passed away, along with his son uh, Wolfgang uh, and his wife Janie. Uh, so, but I mean, th- yeah, the drum the drum solo is something else. Yeah, yeah. Alex, I what, love Panama. Oh, you can't you, Panama. That, you can't beat Panama. I mean, that's a classic. There, there's really nothing like those. I mean, those songs, at least I think, kind of stand the test of time. Um, when they just always are, just I mean, they just rock, man. Don't they not really like? It, aren't there a couple of theories about what that song is actually about? And some of them are thinking it's like a drug dealer from Panama, and that's what. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just getting this off Spotify. I have like no the idea. lyrics explain. Do, do you know any background to that, Alex? I have no clue. It's really I, if you're if you're listening to the song on Spotify, watch the lyrics, <laughs> like the, the behind the lyrics sort of thing. It's really interesting. I like that on Spotify. There's a lot of songs that do that. Yeah, the the genius audio or whatever they have is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, even rap songs like if you're going through a 
a section of a rap song where it's tough to understand what they're saying, it's it's really helpful. <laughs> I mean, if you if you care to look up the lyrics for a rap song, but there, you know, sometimes it's fun just to get the background story on that, like on rock songs or rap songs alike. I mean, it's, it's really fun. Sure. Um, this is maybe not as very common of a song that at least you hear on the radio. It's DOA by Van Halen uh, from 1979. Probably one of my top Van Halen songs. Still in the uh, David Lee Roth era before the uh, Sammy Hagar takeover in 1985. Which is also, <laughs> that's another debate right there. You a, you a David Lee Roth fan? Or a Sammy Hagar fan. I think you could have that debate with yourself, Max. Sammy <laughs> Hagar. This is what I'm talking about. Wait, Sammy Hagar? What are you talking about, Alex? Is I that true? I like Sammy Hagar, but I, I, I don't have a uh, <laughs> Well, I, my point exactly. I could talk about that. My rock dogs over here. <laughs> if you want if you want to debate Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth, please send us an email. Please send us an email, because I'd love to see those. Cutting out early... Uh, dot podcast at gmail.com we'll just add you to the zoom call with Alex <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could do that you could do that that'd be great you can just take my place because I'll have nothing to say have a guest host that way. <laughs> be- before we get into the um some lion stuff that I want to talk about I don't want to spend too long on the lions because they're depressing enough um, but I, I want to stay in the music realm really quick uh, have you guys heard this this whole story about Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, how they're in this lawsuit, this copyright dispute with the band Spirit uh, for pretty much infringing on their copyright. Or their mu- Do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? Do you know what I'm talking about, Zach? No, I haven't heard of this, actually. I was reading this in the show notes. I, I, uh, I'm i not too familiar with it. Do you though. know what I'm talking about, Alex? Have you heard the story at all? I mean, it was... I do. I do, yeah, but really only because one of my professors had been tweeting about it. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's weird because... It feels like it's been going on forever. I mean, they've been having this dispute for a few years now. Pretty much it's it's the band Spirit, which was a... They weren't hugely popular, but they were big back in the 60s. Uh, they're claiming that Led Zeppelin's intro to Stairway to Heaven infringes on their copyright. And what happened, uh, I believe it was today, it was today or yesterday, was the Ninth Circuit in the uh, U.S. federal court system... Uh, ruled in favor of Led Zeppelin saying, no, there's no copyright infringement. And then Spirit was appealing to the Supreme Court, but uh, the Supreme Court did not grant cert, which means they will not take the case. So the decision from the Ninth Circuit circuit stands. And it was pretty much them saying, nope, there's no copyright infringement. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Can you, can you, I think you have the clip here. Yeah, song. I yeah I'll play, play it. I mean, this, I'll play Stairway to Heaven first. This is the part that they're really disputing. He's yeah. copying the beginning. It's a great song, by the it, way. Yeah, great, great song. These were all always the most interesting uh, experiments we would have in my copyright class when we get to listen to different songs. Did you do this uh, in the class, Alex, with this specific example? No, we did it with... Um, you did it with um, the Ariana Grande song, right? I remember you yeah, telling me Yeah, Seven Rings or whatever it's called. I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> because it, the beginning of that song infringes on... Um, the, uh, sound of music. the sound of music, yeah. Oh. It's actually the chorus that infringes on it, but not not actually. It doesn't. I don't think it ever went to chorus. Well, okay. We all know the beginning for Stairway to Heaven. There we go. Now this is the song Taurus by Can the you band. Play a little louder. I can't hear it very well. Can you not? 
Maybe if you're a little closer. Rose <laughs> <laughs> <Heroes> Point. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can you really not hear that that well? Let me fast forward a little bit because this is Taurus by Spirit. It's like a two and a half minute song. It's a weird song, by the way. It's is really it, bizarre. What kind of band are they? They're like a, a hippie, weird band from the 60s. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like folk music, kind of. It's okay. a folk band. Okay. Can you hear this, Alex? Yeah, I can hear it better now. These old songs had such long intros. They don't, songs don't have that anymore. Oh, there you go. Keep that up. Yeah, that sounds familiar. A little different. No, I... Honestly, it, it's pretty similar, but I think it's kind of really different. Different to the point that they're different songs, I'd say. It's just that chord progression. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, that's what it's all about. That little bit right there. I don't know. Wow. Alex, what do you What do you think now? I mean, because you know they ruled in favor of Led Zeppelin. There's no copyright infringement. I don't think there is either. It. I can definitely tell how it sounds similar, but it's such a minor part of the song that I don't think it would 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 play a role in copyright infringement. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what Alex thinks. No, I I agree. I I think that they were right to not grant it certain that the final ruling by the Ninth Circuit was correct because I mean you're talking about copyright infringement of a chord progression that's so basic. I mean that's like a fundamental element of music, where if you start allowing bands to copyright chord pro- uh, progressions, it's just going to get more and more specific as time goes on, and pretty soon you're not going to have any new music. I mean, everyone kind of copies everybody in music anyway, you know? I mean, there's always some type of, like, oh, that kind of sounds like this song, or that sounds like... I mean, that happens all the time. That's that's how music is evolved in a way, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I'm not too familiar. Is Taurus... Like, was Taurus kind of like a small band back then? Spirit. Spirit. The song is oh, called Spirit. Taurus. They weren't okay. that big. Um, I'm trying to think who to compare them to. I mean... They weren't. They weren't very big. Because with copyright infringement, you also have to have access to the music. I mean, you have to prove that Led Zeppelin heard that before they made their their version. Well, the the song Taurus came out, I believe, a year and a half before Stairway. Maybe two years before it was released in sixty eight or sixty nine. Stairway was seventy one. Um, so it was a few years before, but I mean, they were, they they were big. I mean, they were releasing albums. They were fans of spirit and I believe me, I guarantee Led Zeppelin knew spirit. I mean, in the business, in the industry, they're, they're hearing all this stuff. So, okay. I don't think important part. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't in the discussion on this article that I'm reading here, um, whether they had access to it or not. So it probably wasn't a very, uh, big issue in the, in the court case. Um, but I think it sounds like the main issue was just that chord progression and whether you could protect something such like such a short sequence, which I'm glad they didn't because it's only going to promote more new music. If you if you protect a short sequence of notes like that, then you're going to well, really get in trouble with uh, with new music coming out. What would have happened if they ruled in favor of spirit? I would so imagine royalties. One of the reasons be, why this uh, was such a high profile case is because there's so much money at issue. Stairway to right. Heaven is one of the most popular songs on radio. I mean, it's made so much money that Led Zeppelin would have had to pay Spirit a pretty big chunk of change. Wow. Interesting. 
Do you know this the uh, the Ed Sheeran? New York Times article says that um, "Stairway to Heaven" might have earned more than five hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's got to be their biggest song. I mean, as, in, in terms of revenue, it would have to be. Uh, do, do you guys know the Ed Sheeran song "Thinking Out Loud"? Yes, of course. Okay, uh, that's going to trial next month uh, because they're saying that that infringed upon um, Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On." Yeah, I did hear that. I'm. I can't even think of the song "Thinking Out Loud." I'm I'm not sure how it goes, but I I know how "Let's Get It On" goes. I mean, that's a classic. I'm like I'm thinking through the song right now. I'm not singing for the sake of our listeners, but um, <laughs> thank you. I, I I guess I would have to. I don't. I I would have to hear "Let's Get It when On." Your legs don't work like they used to before, and I can't sweep you off of your feet. Wow, slow down, Ed. It's the slowest song I've ever heard. <laughs> no, I've never been a big fan of Sharon. What? Darling, I will be loving you till we're 70. Alright, eh. so it's the Marvin Gaye song now. I'm pulling it up. I, uh... Say, stupid advertisements. <laughs> we're gonna have to listen to a little more Ed Sheeran before we dance play. Oh, God, stop it. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. <laughs> I like it. I like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Don't worry. I have 10 more seconds of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I can understand it. I mean, you guys know that. Well, maybe you don't. All right. All right. I can't, I can't uh, play it in my head at the same time as I'm listening to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Just the rhythm, just the beat, just the rhythm. (laughs) Do you hear it, Alex? That's a tougher one. That's not gonna win. No, it's not gonna win. I mean, you think it's like a publicity thing? Yeah, because that seems pretty wild to me. Copyright infringement. Taking someone's work and put, like, putting it forward as your own. And the crowds don't remember my name. Which is not what I'm seeing here. No. When my like, they're two very well-established artists. <laughs> what do you got going on here? Came across the same. I'm merging them together. All right, stop it. All right. I know, right. You're, you're confusing me. <laughs> well, maybe... <laughs> You know, you could be a witness. Yeah, you know, I heard them merge together, and they really sounded similar. I wasn't sure which one <laughs> was they, playing. But they really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how that rules, actually, when that goes to trial next month. But um, I'm glad Led Zeppelin won. That's for sure. The uh, uh, kind of closing out the music news of the day. Uh, the NFL uh, firing, um, well, not Matt Patricia. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Don't they- suck. <laughs> um, Bill O'Brien Get him out of there. Well, Bill O'Brien was out, blown out uh, as head coach uh, from the Houston Texans. They're zero and four. But nope, uh, Maddie P, Bob Quinn, Mister Robert Quinn, Quinn Trisha, uh, they're still in there doing their thing at one and three. And you know what? I got to give uh, Patricia a little uh, more credit than I have. He really started with a shit team and had to totally rebuild it. <laughs> I mean, did you hear those comments the other day? I mean, man, the things he started with to actually do what he's doing now, man. 
Props for that, Matt. That's incredible what you've been able to do. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Max is quoting a a press conference that uh, Matt Patricia had after the game where he was talking about the game, and uh, people were asking – for the, it was it was an embarrassing loss to the Saints. The the Lions were up fourteen nothing, and then the Saints proceeded to score five straight touchdowns on five straight drives unanswered. Oh, water. No way. <laughs> it <was> disgusting. <laughs> it was it was it was awful. And and anyway, people were asking him like, when are you going to turn this around? And and Matt Patricia went out and he said. Um, you know, guys, I, every day we come here to work, uh, we, when we came in here, we had a lot of work to do and, uh, people took that as a shot at, uh, Jim Caldwell, who was the coach before him. And the season that Jim Caldwell was fired, the Lions were nine and seven. And, uh, I think Matt Patricia just won his 10th game after three seasons, so Matt Patricia, if anything has brought the, brought the team down. So it, it sparked a lot of uproar. Um, yeah, he's like ten and twenty-five or ten and twenty-six it's, or something like that. It's horrible with, with twenty blown leads and eleven in the fourth quarter or something like that. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, that loss was horrible. I mean, to think that they were going up against the New Orleans Saints team that was very much banged up. I mean, very much banged up. There was thoughts that uh, um, that uh, Drew Brees couldn't even throw the ball far anymore. I mean, that was a big discussion. Like, yeah. can you really throw the ball deep anymore? Is that going to be possible for him? I mean, he was looking so shaky. They were so injured, and and the Lions were, were given – they were kind of given a gift. I know that's what Valenny said on Sunday. I'm not trying to copy him, but it's true. They were given a week to play the Saints that they were so banged up, and they couldn't capitalize after a 14-0 lead. Also, again, blown a fourteen yeah. nothing lead. Yeah, they intercepted Breeze on the first uh, on the first play of the game, on the first play that the Saints had yeah. on offense. But after scoring a touchdown on the Lions' first drive, and then they come around, intercept it, score another touchdown. They're up fourteen nothing in the first five minutes. I mean, I guess maybe that should have been our first signal, <laughs> first flag that it wasn't going to end well. But geez, Louise, do you have um? <laughs> Do you have Dan Orlovsky's comments up, Zach? Yeah, I do. I do. So Dan Orlovsky actually came to the um, defense. So Dan Orlovsky was the backup quarterback for Matthew Stafford for the 2014 through 2016 season when Jim Caldwell was the coach. And he actually went on ESPN and had this to say about Matt Patricia's uh, shot at Jim Caldwell. <laughs> it was not He's flattering. The one that- Caldwell's back. One, because it's the truth. And two, because we have immense respect for Coach Caldwell. First of all, we were 11-5 and five in 2014 and a really good football team. 2015, we go 7-9. and nine. It's because we turned the football over. But the last eight games, we were 7-1. and one. So flipped our season around. The next two years, we're 9-7. and seven. And I believe in week 17, we were playing Green Bay in both years for a chance to win the division. Okay? So to come in and say that you had a lot of work to do is completely <laughs> false. It's a bunch of trash because that wasn't the case in Detroit. We were a good football team. Matthew Stafford was playing as good as he has in his career. That was because of Coach Caldwell. And we were an organization that was ascending. He was building. And you know what? another thing, Z? The culture was amazing. The culture was, was fantastic. So you had a winning record in three or four of your years. The culture was great. Your quarterback was playing really good football. So for him to come... So he goes on and he and he goes on to trash him even some more and it. Huh. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. 
We are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> he kept going though for a few minutes. You I mean, we don't have, no, we don't have to play it. That's okay. fine. I mean, that, it's it's just a little taste of what he's talking about. Yeah, it's a four minute clip, so it's pretty good. It's on KG KJZ. Is that WKJZ? It, I no, no KJ, it's an ESPN show. I don't know what it is. But. I have no idea. Um, but either way, oh, Keyshawn, J Will, and Zubin. Okay, is it a podcast? It's probably another podcast. Uh, who knows? Oh, it was on TV. Yeah. Oh, it was on TV. That's right. Well, doesn't that show you how much ESPN has gone down? <laughs> you don't even know what their shows are who anymore. Cares? ESPN, please, done with them. But um, what did Glover Quinn do? Glover Quinn did um, former Lions captain Glover Quinn. He was a captain yeah. uh, who played one season under Patricia. I'm trying to remember what he said. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, where Where is this here? Uh, oh, we're talking about Arlowski here. Um, former Pro Bowl safety Glover Quinn, on the other hand, did play under the Lions' current head coach, and he expressed a similar sentiment to Orlovsky. Uh Don't start this mess, Quinn posted to his Instagram story over top of an article regarding Patricia's post-game responses. You took over a nine-win win team. What you mean a lot of work to do. Oh, I'm sorry. What you mean a lot of work to do? <laughs> he added that Patricia's claim that was laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You took over a nine-win team. What you mean a lot of work to do? I mean, obviously the grammar's not correct, but we get it. We get it. Uh, he added that Patricia's claim was laughable when combined with Orlovsky's tweet on the matter. So him and Orlovsky are kind of going hand-in-hand uh, hand at this point. Definitely not a fan of Patricia. And uh, he played under Patricia. Glover Quinn was there, and he, he gets it. So he would be able to see the different dynamic in the locker room, which I've heard a lot about. A lot of people saying that, even reporters saying, yeah, the, the, the feeling in the locker room under Patricia is so different than before he was here. Yeah. it's It's different. Now, the one thing I'll say really quick, and I don't want to spend forever in the Lions, but um, I, I don't think Patricia was the guy either. I don't think this is something where you can say they should have kept. I'm sorry, uh, Caldwell. I don't think Caldwell was the guy either. I don't think this is a story where you're saying you should have kept Caldwell. I, I still don't think he had what it took to, to get the Lions to that playoff success. Uh, now, he that's not saying he wasn't better than Patricia. I think Caldwell was a better coach than Patricia. Oh, way better. They're both bad. Caldwell was better. They're both bad, and they weren't the right guy for this team. Um, so I just want to throw that disclaimer out. I'm not saying, oh, they should have kept Caldwell. No, no, no. They should have just picked somebody better than Patricia. Well, I, I don't know. It's just funny to think about how uh, sometimes like the line, you get carried away with with your success and then you're back at the bottom with Matt Patricia and you're like, geez, like it would be nice if we had nine wins in a, in a season now. Right. <laughs> it's tough, man. They, they're just, they're bad. I mean, the, the defense is horrible. So, I mean, what can you do? Fire them and move on. Defense is a disaster. Where, where is Sheila? Yeah. I, where is Sheila? Honestly, where is she? She, she's been so silent on everything. I, I really want to, to see her in the spotlight. She took on this job. Guess what? People, she didn't have to take this job on. She didn't have to accept this role, but she did. And guess what? Time to put your big girl pants on and step up to the plate and make the tough decisions because that's what your job is as the owner. When things do not work out, when you have a GM failing, when you have a head coach failing, you got to make some tough decisions. I mean, if I was in her position, I would have a little fun with this. You know, like you have your <laughs> Maybe two, she is. You, you have two people that were brought in per, kind of before you were really in charge. Who knows if, how really that how real that is. But 
Um, these guys have their heads like put on the tee. You're <laughs> on the driving range. You're about to blast them. I would just <laughs> let them have it. Like it's just so perfect. <laughs> bye bye. It's got to be a, fun. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> I mean, you. She could look like the savior of the lions if she just gets rid of these clowns. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it. There is no way you can say like. Oh, getting rid of these people would be a bad idea. No, I, there is no way you can go back and even like in a Caldwell situation, like there, there's no way you can be worse. I, I'm saying this now. I should probably knock on some wood or something, but it's really hard to be worse than the Lions have been over the past two seasons, you know? Well, it, they don't even have to be better or worse. It just let's get rid of these guys. Let's get somebody different. And I don't think there's anyone saying, oh, no, we need to give these guys more time. No. I think it's very clear that they've run their course. Yeah. Not anymore, at least. Nobody's saying that anymore, I don't think. Uh, how did you guys' fantasy teams do this week? Ws. <laughs> did you? Buy, did you guys both win? I think we all won. We did, baby. Thank you, Mason Crosby. <laughs> I got screwed by Devontae Adams, though. I got really screwed. Uh, he well, he you played screwed by the Packers team doctors. Yeah, well, this is what happened. Um, Devontae Adams put out a. Uh, uh, let's see. It was a tweet. I'm just thinking it was a tweet or an Instagram post, but it was a tweet uh, about his status for the Falcons game on on Monday morning. So it was a Monday night game. It was kind of a game time decision for Devontae Adams, who I have, who puts up a lot of points, but he's, he's injured. Receiver, yeah. But he's injured, and he was not playing last night. But he wanted to, so he posted, Sorry, fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. <laughs> and you still that, played him? It was too late. Oh. It was too late. I, I had him in there, and I don't know. Well, the problem was I saw that tweet, and I'm like, i got to switch him. I tried to drop a few other players to make room. I couldn't. He was not listed as out. He was listed as doubtful, so I cannot oh. move him to IR. I was ready to pick up somebody else temporarily <laughs> from the free agents, but I couldn't. All my other players were locked, and I was screwed. So Stupid I, ESPN. I think that uh, tweet yeah, is Yeah, because that was damning. the Monday night game, so he was your last uh, your last slot. Exactly. So you couldn't, and you couldn't drop anybody who had already played that was on your bench so you're kind of just stuck with them exactly well it's always risky having a injured player in on monday night but with Devontae adams you have no other choice than to play him i mean if he plays he's one of your best players i know i know and i guess matt said i could have put him on ir like he, he was listed as out or or whatever like an hour before the game or like 30 minutes before the game but oh. it was in class so priorities i know i know too bad i drafted a little guy called uh george kittle Oh, that was pretty sweet for me this weekend. <laughs> oh, man. He had over 30 points this weekend, didn't he? He, he put up 40 for your, for your boys for the orthopedic trauma hospital. <laughs> yeah. My my team is littered with injuries. I My bench is so full of injuries and Steelers and Titans players that I literally could not play anybody from my bench in my starting lineup. I was packed. I even had Brandon Cooks in my starting lineup, and I think Houston forgot that he existed because they <laughs> they just didn't throw him the ball. He put up zero for me, and I still ended up beating one of the better teams in the league too. So that was pretty good for me anyway. <laughs> Alex, were, were you, did you run into any controversies or any, any tough calls this week? I can't remember your win, if it was easy or very close. Well, it was supposed to be really easy. Um, going to the last game, I was projected to win by over 50 points, and then Julio Jones gets hurt going into halftime for the uh, Falcons. Oh, yeah, and then and, the Packers tight end. Holy cow. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the, right. And then the Packers player, I mean, what's his name? Royan or Ro- I Ronan? I have no idea. I'm trying to pull it up now. 
he scores almost 40 points. And he, was, <laughs> he came out of nowhere. I know. So I ended up only winning by like four points. So I had to sweat out the Monday night game when I thought I could sit it out. Hey, that was unreal. I was watching him. I used to be able he to scored, throw a pigskin. He scored three mile. touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a weird week, I guess. Robert Tonyan. Yeah, I'd never heard of him. Never Robert, heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither have I, actually. Never heard of him, Max. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. <laughs> well, we, we all got the W, which is which is the most important thing, and we can uh, move out of the next week. I, I do want to uh, – well, did, kind of staying on football really quick because I want to touch on the wings really quick. The NHL draft is going on right now. But before we get to that, did anyone watch any college football over the weekend? College football. <laughs> college, I think I watched hmm, college football. College show doesn't ring a bell. I know it. It it's like so fake. You know, it just it is weird. It, it just weird. doesn't seem. I I think for for like the NFL, like the fans aren't a big issue because the product really doesn't depend on the fans. I think for college football, you really need the fans out there to sway the momentum because these are you know kids and the 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 fans really seem to contribute to the game more than like a professional team would. You know, it's crazy. But I watched some upset. I can't remember which one though. It was Iowa State and Oklahoma. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, because you, you and uh, you and our other friend were talking about it in our group chat, and I couldn't watch. I was so busy doing other stuff that I, I didn't get to watch. So I was like, ah, I can't believe I'm missing it. <laughs> like a fourth quarter thriller is like a shootout, right? Yeah, yeah. It ended up thirty-seven, thirty, I think. Yeah, Oklahoma beating Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost two games in a row now. Yeah, they they look wow. really rough. They look they. I think their defense looks awful. They've let up like I, it was like forty points to Kansas State or something like that, and now uh, thirty-seven to Iowa State. So they're they're looking pretty rough, and it's it's not even their new quarterback, you know, really to blame. It's the defense that's just getting run up and down the field. So it, it's funny to see a team that was so good look so bad. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I don't. Was there any other games like worth noting? I don't know. I didn't watch. Oh, there no was the idea. Auburn. Uh, I gotta Jordan. focus more. There was Auburn, Georgia. Alex, uh, what happened in Auburn, Georgia? I, I think have no Ge- idea. I think Georgia blew them out, if I remember. It was like not uh, even ESPN close. ESPN described it as a blowout, but it was like 27-7 to 7 or something like that. It was like a relatively low-scoring game, but Georgia handled them pretty well. I remember that it was the big topic from that game, though, was that the there were so many people in the stands. Oh, yeah. See, yes. some stadiums have fans. Yeah. I mean, a few of them. Yeah. Those stands were packed. Yeah. <laughs> you, it looked like a normal game, basically. Yeah, well, and uh, nobody was wearing a mask. Home field Absolutely advantage. nobody was wearing a mask. Well, I guess we'll see how many people die because of it. <laughs> I hope not many. I hope zero. We'll see. I don't know. You know, it, I, I mean, I'm serious because every week this is happening, right, in some of these stadiums. Are there big reports of these spikes in cases down there? I, I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't sought out anything to look for it, but I haven't heard anything about these big spikes. So maybe they're just all immune down there. Who knows? <laughs> I think our numbers aren't great right now. I I, I think in Michigan they're not. I'm, I'm I guess I haven't looked at the latest numbers throughout the country. Yeah, we had like a thousand cases today and another oh like fifty deaths or something like that. Well, who, I I don't know how many it is related to these big stand big. I mean, they're not. I mean, how how packed are these stands? I mean, they're, they're not fully packed. 
the I think the story Georgia was, was pretty packed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, Never mind then. I think people it was so packed that the the uh I heard them on the Valenti show they were saying that like they expect fines to be handed down to Georgia from the NCAA. Oh really? Like it was that bad. Oh my god. <laughs> well that's they, college football for you. They must have known what they were getting themselves into SEC baby. Saw a business decision. They'd make more money off the fans than they would lose in the fines or whatever it is, which is horrible, but <laughs> I mean a lot of things are, are way, you know, cooler than coronavirus. Cocaine, alcohol, and bad bitches way cooler than coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> They're macho down there. They're really Georgia had there. about fifteen hundred new cases this past week. Oh my god. Oh boy. Not a good look, Georgia. Uh, oh well. The uh, they had they had about I don't know somewhere around forty new deaths this weekend. Oh, slow down with your restrictions, well, I guess. Per day, per day this weekend. Football weekends down there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they consider it just a cost of doing business. I mean, they gotta have, <laughs> yeah, they gotta have fans there. I mean, what what else can they do? How can I mean, their yeah, team they, win without they, fans? They do see it as a cost of doing business. That's how they've explained it. I mean, that's how they've acted the whole time. Yeah. That doesn't make it good. No, it does not you make can't, it good. You can't treat people's lives as a cost of business. Well, insurance companies do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> but, hey, that's a whole la- different I think you're laughing to yourself there, Max. Whatever. I mean, no, it's – well, the point is that – you know this, Zach, that human lives are considered a cost of doing business when insurance sets their premiums. And I'm not going to say anything on this just because it might it, it's going to harm whatever integrity I have as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> all no. lives are important, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we can all agree on that. It's stupid if they're going to – believe me, if these stands and these fans are leading to these spikes in cases, then don't do it. It's simple as that. Nobody else is doing it, but they're special, I guess, and get to do it, which is honestly pretty ridiculous i think it should be a little more uniform across college football fans or no because some teams are getting maybe a bigger advantage with their fans in the stands and i think that does play a role so i think it's i I do think it's ridiculous especially if there's spikes in cases they shouldn't have to deal with that well i i I mean even this data that alex is pulling up it's hard to directly link it to the game so i i understand so i i'm not gonna you know not the best look though no, it's not a good look. I, think, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. But right now, uh, the NHL is having their draft, the 2020 NHL draft, uh, which is going on right now. The Red Wings picked fourth, and the Red Wings got Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond for the right winger for the Red Wings. Uh, I, you know, this is probably part of my fault. I, I really haven't been following the prospects as much as I should have been for the Red Wings, uh, which, you know, hockey being probably my favorite sport, very close to football. But, I'm Alex, do you know anything about Lucas Raymond? So I did some research on our potential draft picks, like, um, I don't know, months ago, whenever the draft picks actually came out. The end of like, June. Who can we get it yeah. for? And I don't remember seeing Raymond on that list at all. And I haven't looked at it since. So I don't know if things changed or, or what might have happened in – in the different prospect rankings. So no, I don't really know very much about Lucas Raymond, but I'm very excited to, to learn more. Um, I'm reading a Freep article that just came out like minutes ago right now. So, I mean, if you guys chat for a second, I can get back to you. The- well, I know who Anzer Khan wrote an M live story, kind of breaking down some of the potential draft picks that the Red Wings might, might choose from, I suppose. Is that what you're gonna say, Zach? Well, no. The, I was gonna say the only one I knew about was the first one, the Laf from. I don't want to say his, butcher his name. Lafreniere. Yeah, Lafreniere. Um, yeah, he's 
Yeah, but he was taken by the Rangers, number one, the left winger. Yeah. Which the Red Wings could have had if they got a little luckier in the lottery, but we got screwed. <laughs> um, the Kings at number two picked Byfield. Uh, number three was the sen- Senators. Um, God. T- this is why I can't read. There's an umlaut in this name. <laughs> Wait, let me see. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You you try Just it. Try your best. Stu- Stu- Stutzel? Stutzel? Stutzel. 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 (laughs) No, I've heard the name on the radio. Schnitzel? (laughs) I just see. It sounds familiar, but it does not look familiar. (laughs) Number four was the Red Wings. Lucas Raymond, a little puck handling wizard with deft hands who rarely misses chances near the cage. This is from the uh, USA Today story, which I think they're taking it from. uh, No, this is just USA Today. I thought they were taking it from the free press, but they're not. Uh, highly skilled winger with tremendous hockey sense and super soft and fast hands that control the puck well in tight areas. Uh, highly imaginative playmaker, highly imaginative playmaker, and always looking to step to set up plays for line mates, but needs to shoot more as he's a true sniper in his own right. Fantastic vision and opens up the ice with surprising passes. Uh, they say he looked dynamic and poised in flashes playing against men in the SHL, but never received great ice time, but he still managed to uh, create lots of offensive opportunities uh, with quick squ- quick skating turns, uh, sharp cuts, uh, slippery and draws lots of penalties. i got to watch out for that. But you know, <laughs> it's okay if he can make plays. Make smart and quick decisions is lethal on the power play and gives, gives and goes and clever passes. Uh, so, you know, he's got a small frame, but it, it, it sure sounds like he uses his power to his advantage. So if, if the Red Wings can, can take advantage of this player, then all for it. I, I, I trust Iserman so much with these decisions. I mean, uh, we got rid of Advocator, uh, put him on unconditional waivers. I think that was earlier today that they did that, right? Or it was, yeah, yeah, it was today. Earlier today. So Iserman's making moves and and he wants to build the team. Yeah, you pair that with getting rid of Howie since our our last episode. Getting yeah, rid of Jim, uh, getting rid of Howard is great. Getting rid of Daly and Erickson, getting some of those old farts off the. Off <laughs> yeah, the books. exactly. Um, but one thing I want to say about this pick, you know who the last player was that we picked number four overall? Uh, you, Steve Iserman. <laughs> is that right? Really? Yeah, he was the last pick that we had number four overall. I didn't know that. I feel like that would have been a bigger news story, but maybe not. It's it's at the end of this free part, this uh, free press article. Well, hey, there we go. I, and you know this this kid's not that small. He's five eleven, one hundred and seventy pounds. He's only eighteen years old. He's got time to put on uh, some weight and some muscle. And if he's already playing with physicality, that's a great sign. Um, you know, I'm reading here that he's a high IQ guy, which is really important uh, in the offensive zone. It says he's really responsible in his own in his own end. So. You know the building blocks are there. If he can put on a little bit more muscle, then I could see him he's really gonna, being a beast. Uh, an incredible, incredible. Act. Yeah, oh, he's gonna have happened? to build one. Cut out oh. the cut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang on. Get hang him on, on the squat rack. Uh, an incredible, incredible ass. <laughs> there we go. No, it's it's perfect. I I I don't mind it at all. Like I said, I I probably need to to brush up a little more on these prospects. Um I I knew we weren't going to get um uh Lafreniere, obviously. There was going to go number 1, no question about that. But we'll see. I'm excited. I mean, I I really do think that Iserman has the knowledge to take this team to the next level. I don't 
you know, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I do think within the next two to three years, we're going to make the playoffs and actually start to make some strong presence and moves in the playoffs in the next three to four years. That's that's my thought. Uh, that's what I'm kind of banking on. And if anyone can do it, it's 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 Stevie. Yeah, and it's, it's nice because we've been in this watch and wait period for one or two years now, it, it seems like, because he didn't do yeah. anything when he first got here. And it's nice to see, like, okay, now he's getting rid of all these big names and he's starting to bring in his own draft picks. So it'll be nice. Uh, it, it's nice. It's good to see some progress, you know. Shit is getting real! <laughs> when does the season start? I don't know. Do you know, Alex? I, I really don't have know. Have they even announced it yet? Yeah, I don't or, know if they uh, have or not. I mean, it just ended. I, I know it just ended, but, I mean... What are they going to do? Are, are, are they going to – I have no idea. I mean, what would be the best solution for this? Just, I mean – probably like Start the bubble again. Run it back. <laughs> I know, but, I mean, start – are they going to have the Stanley Cup finals, like, next – like, June, like they always do? Or, I mean, is, is, I, mean I just oh, don't I know how they're going to do it. I, I Unless I'm missing something, but I'm not sure when that's happening. Uh, well, the season the season would normally be starting right around now. You know, mid October is when you do all the preseason stuff. So, either they're gonna wait until next October, or they're gonna have to start later this winter with another weird schedule. NHL Players Association. This is as of an hour ago. Are planning January first as the target date to begin the wow. next season. So, I mean, I, I guess what's gonna happen is they're gonna start then. And they're going to go through that season, and then I would imagine once once uh you know October rolls around next October twenty twenty one, they're maybe going to try to get back on like the the regular time frame. Yeah. So that's that, crazy. That would be really weird. But January first with hockey starting back up, man, what a weird year it's been, especially for sports. Everything's going to be screwed up for the next couple of years with scheduling. I mean, with every sport, really. It's 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 something that people maybe haven't even thought about really. But it's going to be a big, big issue that peop- that these leagues are going to have to deal with, with all these delays, even the NBA. I yeah. don't see it as an issue so much as an opportunity. I mean, it's great having these sports on now, having NBA basketball, the finals right now, having NHL just ended. The fall is a great time for TV. Yeah, it is. And, but and with football's like, kind of taking know. over. Hmm? Football is always, always taking over fall, so sometimes it's tough to compete with football. Right, right. I mean, it's working. It's working out well now because they can kind of hand it off. Um, it'll definitely be weird in the in the future. I mean, but normally hockey is starting at the same time as football, so you don't really get integrated into the hockey season until you know football's over in like you know December, January, February. Yeah. No, oh, you're right. It is. It is definitely different this year. But I could see it. You're right. I mean, they'll definitely take advantage of it and make it a, a really good opportunity for them in, in, in whatever they, way they want to or whatever way they figure it out. But they'll figure it out. They they've had enough time to kind of sit and talk about it. I think. I think. Yeah. I hope. I remember when when this first happened. The NBA was like, oh well, maybe we'll just switch our schedule permanently so that we can slot into a better a better time a better time in the calendar so that we're not ending in June. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. College uh, basketball is almost starting on time. They're starting the uh, the twenty fifth. So right during Thanksgiving. Yeah, that'll be nice. That'll uh, actually, but football's still going to be going on for a while yeah. after that, still, which is interesting too. But hey. we're still waiting for Big Ten to start. For I God's know. sake! I mean, what? A, I'm, I'm kind weird. of upset because it, it's it's too late. Like you're going to get all those winter games, 
and they're going to be the cold ones where they just run the ball up the middle like 400 times and they're not very interesting. And it's just going to be that for the entire season now. Why but couldn't I, they start sooner, like this weekend? Well, they had to have the preseason Well, for at it. the very least, you <laughs> have the, uh, that sounds the really issue cold. of fans getting freezing cold pneumonia in the middle of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if COVID was there or not. No one's going to want to come. <laughs> Can we turn the heat around a little bit? That's freezing. God, <laughs> yeah. damn. It's getting cold in here. <laughs> we need that furnace cranked. So we're going to be dealing with that fun football now. Yeah. Uh whatever it's it's so weird it's so weird um this is a tough transition before i get to the other uh big stories of the week uh i i gotta mention this which is probably the biggest story in the state is now uh maybe you know what maybe we'll see the big house packed maybe we'll see spartan state just packed with fans (laughs) now that the supreme court in michigan ruled that uh the uh, executive orders uh that uh, governor whitmer used after uh, april 30th are unconstitutional because the rule that she was being that she was using the statute that she was using for that authority uh from 1945 was struck down as unconstitutional so basically what what's going on here is that all these orders for related to covid the 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 mask mandate the um the business restrictions the 50 percent capacity the bars that are still closed if they don't serve food all that's out the window all of it's done and there's so much discussion and confusion like, well, it might have to wait another 28 days or, or, or whatever it is, 21 days, I think it is, or 20, I can't remember. But 21, yeah. Yeah, but even that's being said as, no, that's that's not true at all. Uh, so what happened was the circuit court sent the certified question to the Michigan State, uh, the Michigan Supreme Court, because it was brought to the federal circuit and they said, this is a state issue, it's a certified question that we're sending to the Michigan Supreme Court. So, so that's what was decided that from a four to three vote, that 1945 authority rule that pretty much gives governors unlimited uh, authority to use emergency orders is unconstitutional. Uh, they they have to go through the Senate now and make it a or go through the House and the Senate and make it a a, a joint process. Uh, so so that's what's going on. But the the court sent it to the Supreme Court of Michigan and they made that decision. The only way that that Whitmer could appeal is going back to the federal circuit, which is not going to happen because they already sent it back to the state court. So it's done. So this is done. Um, but, but can't, can't like basically the same things, the same orders kind of just be taken out by like the Michigan department of health or things like that. Cause I know there was another mandate that came out almost right after. So, so here's on that specific issue. And I looked into this and, uh, from my understanding, that's going to get challenged very soon and going to be struck down because the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is under the executive branch, and they cannot have the authority to make those type of unilateral decisions without getting uh, the, the House and the Senate involved. So, yeah, they did issue these orders requiring masks, uh, but this is just my guess that's going to be struck down very soon based on that and that's just based on some of the readings that i've done so we'll see what happens on that but as far as the other orders regarding businesses and everything else covid related that that whitmer did after april 30th they're they're just done now it doesn't mean anything's going to change really businesses can still enforce mask rules most of them i'm sure still will but i'm sure that a lot of bars that were closed are going to open up and do it safely and all these businesses that may have been shut down are going to say we can do it safely and they're just going to do it from, from a pr's perspective so that's my thought at least well, I certainly hope they do it safely and we don't have more situations like at Harper's in East Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> I run into that again. 
Here comes the Spartion, folks. Yeah, no, I see no, him no. pulling it up. He's doing something with his mouth right now. But you uh, stop that. Um, I, I, I do have to say that that they should do it. It's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see if um how safely these businesses open without the mandate. You would think that it would, well, at least from a human perspective, but also a business standpoint, that it'd be a good idea to do things very safely. Because, I'm sure most will. Yeah, yeah. But it will be interesting to see how much of the mandate had an effect on how, how these businesses were acting, you know, if they're actually thinking of the people or they're thinking more of their bottom line and how much those are intertwined and stuff like that. <laughs> I think there's such a strong uh, uh, initiative for these businesses to, to kind of keep a, a positive public relations image and – if there's businesses out there that are saying, you know, screw the masks, screw social distancing, 100% capacity, everything's opened up, whatever, uh, you know, they could get some backlash, and they may not want that. Now, there could be some owners who 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 want to do that and want the backlash, like really small businesses that, you know, like small barbershops or, or small bars or whatever that says, screw it, I'm just going back to normal. I, I guarantee that's going to happen uh, throughout the state. I don't well, think it's going to be widespread, but I, I'm sure it'll happen. It's going to create a big problem for for people like you and me. I mean, we won't know what to expect when we go to a restaurant or a store. We won't have any idea whether they're following the, you know, something similar to the mandate or whether they're saying screw it. So it's going to be kind of scary out there. You got to really pay attention to where you're going. If you're if you're worried about catching it or worried about spreading it to other people, you really got to pay attention to whether you're going into one of those businesses or not. Yeah, and people can choose not to frequent those businesses but if they don't it's feel gonna safe. It's going to be tough to stay up on, stay up on uh, the news and stay up on the the different protocols that each business is handling. The, the, Alex, I have a question for you. So, you you just moved to Grand Rapids. I was wondering, is, is it any different on the other like on the other side of the state compared to how it is in Detroit? Because in in Detroit, it seems like a lot of people have gotten used to wearing the mask, and um, there's no really. You know, it doesn't seem like that much of a big deal anymore. Is it the same in on the west side of the state? I mean, it seems like it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in my apartment all day working. You know, working from home. But I mean, this past weekend I was out at the furniture store and Costco and Bed Bath and Beyond and stuff, just getting things for my apartment. And yeah, everyone's wearing masks, just going about their business. Everyone's being super friendly. Um, I mean, I was telling my mom this because she asked how people were acting too. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, it really just seems like everything's normal. Just everyone's wearing a mask. But other than that, everything's, you know, pretty standard. I mean, people are very respectful. And I haven't really seen anybody being difficult or causing a commotion or anything like that. I would say, if anything, it's probably, you know, better or safer or there's less commotion about masks over here on the west side that I've experienced at least. Wow. The, the last thing I'll say about this issue and it's something that I find really annoying, especially when I'm reading stories about it or watching the news about it, is I think there's two distinct issues that need to be separated. There's the public health concern of, you know, if people don't wear a mask, which is concerning, and, and it can lead to problems. There definitely is that sector of this issue, the public health concerns, people's health, and all that stuff. I I, I really think that that's getting too much co-mingled with the rationale behind the legal decision uh, for this actual decision. Uh, in, in a way, you kind of have to keep them separate. You have to look at the law just as it is. And if, and if there's 
if there's uh, something that's in the law that that gives somebody too much power, that's ruled unconstitutional, and then people can say, well, you know, they don't care about people's safety, they don't care about people's health and stuff. That, that's not necessarily true. They could very much care about people's health and people's safety, but they're going to read the language of the law and interpret it the way that they interpret it. And if they can say it's unconstitutional by reading the law, then then it could be, which, you know, I, I don't think that a governor should have unlimited authority to make these uh, type of emergency declarations indefinitely, which is what was happening. I think after a certain period of time, it makes sense for the for the uh, for the Senate to become involved, and the House to become involved. I think that's that's a fair process. So it, it's it's almost that the news is commingling the issues, where it's like, oh, the Supreme Court doesn't care about safety. That, that's not true. I I, I find that very yeah, hard to if, believe. That's my thought, at least. That's all I wanted to yeah, say. If exactly, I I agree with you, Max. And if if you're upset about at any group about not continuing the mandate, then be upset at the Michigan legislature for not extending the executive order or the state of emergency. Um, I mean, don't, don't gear your, your uh, anger at the Supreme court. The Supreme court is just there to interpret the law. They're not supposed to have any sort of bias one way or another. And I I agree that, um, you know, if they deem it unconstitutional and I agree that the governor probably shouldn't have unlimited power like this without the uh the senate being able to step in or the legislature being able to step in but yeah if anyone out there is upset about the supreme court quote unquote not caring about public safety then you should redirect that that effort at at the at the michigan legislature sure couldn't the i mean i guess couldn't the um governor have seen this coming and sort of tried to force it or at least uh, introduce a bill to the senate and say like Listen, my mandate's about to run out. Do you guys think we should extend this or not? You know what I'm saying? But she was she was banking on that law staying in, intact, and I th- oh, I think okay. most people thought it would. Okay. I mean, that and, authority and the legislature that, that... made it clear that they weren't going to extend the state of emergency. Okay, wow, so, interesting. Look, I mean, like I said, regardless of whatever political side, I don't think a governor should have that much authority. I mean, that's a lot of authority to have. It should definitely be more of a democratic process. So, yeah. yeah, she. I mean, she probably shouldn't. I mean, in in my opinion, this is where we're getting into a political opinion. So I'll stop after I say this. But <laughs> she probably shouldn't have had to rely on the executive order the way she did. I mean, it's sh- the state of emergency probably should have been extended at least a little bit. I mean, beyond April or whenever it was. I think it was it was either thirty or forty five days that they that she could do it um, unilaterally and and not have to worry about it. But. Um, but yeah, that, but I mean, that, obviously that, that expired like April. Yeah, that that April thirtieth. Yeah, because it started yeah, that, back in March. I think it was forty-five in, days. Yeah, that ran out in April, and we needed a state of emergency way beyond April because state of emergency is not only just the mask mandate, but also a lot of access to funding that people need for unemployment and healthcare reasons. I mean, if that law was not in place ever, that 1945 law, maybe there would have been a bigger effort for for Whitmer to work with the legislature. But I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but she was relying on that law and just said, well, it, it doesn't really matter. I can just use this law and go forward myself with it, so I'm not even going to worry about it. You know, it would have been totally different if, if back you well, know, we Well, I think it was more like April. the legislature is not going to help me, so I need to use this law to get over their heads. Well, maybe so. Either way, I'm not sure what happened in the weeds of it, but... I mean, it's just a weird situation now. So, you know, and, and like I said, there's still a lot of confusion about it. Everything's going to be more in the, in the open and things are going to make a lot more sense as time passes. Uh, but this is just what it is right now. So it's kind of, it's it's a big deal. It's a crazy story. The same thing happened in Wisconsin. 
The same thing happened in Wisconsin. That happened back like in May, though. But anyway, that was the big Michigan news. The big Michigan news over the weekend. But honestly, the bigger news. Now the fun begins, yes. <laughs> the bigger news is that on Tuesday, next Tuesday, a week from tonight, The Bachelorette is starting up. And I know we just got over the fun of Love Island, so we have to kind of take a deep breath from that and jump <laughs> right into The Bachelorette. Tuesday's next week. How, how pumped are you guys? Zach, Alex, come on. Right. Well, I'm looking at this date right now, and I'm kind of concerned. Concerned? Yeah, Tuesdays are our recording days. That's true. They are. We're going to have some overlap here. We're going to have to I'm decide. excited because the, the weekly format of Bachelor will be a lot easier to follow than Love Island. Yeah, I mean, I know. did, they, did you watch the finale, Alex? I didn't watch it, but I got the update, and I was actually correct in who I predicted would win. Did they did they split the money or did did one of them take yeah, it? Yeah, they split the money. Oh, oh, they were there for the right terrible reasons. choice. Damn it! I, we need a forensic account to make sure they stay married forever and have a bunch of kids because if they <laughs> just split the money and end up breaking up, then they're gonna be pissed. I should have took the money myself. Should have been mine. I split it with that loser. Now he won't even talk to me. <laughs> a joke. Yeah, these I, people obviously don't have priorities straight man, here. I couldn't get into it. Maybe it's just the way it was produced or a daily show. It was. It was too much. And now I already know the ending, so am I going to go back and watch? Probably <laughs> not. I didn't tell you their names or anything. I just said that my prediction was correct. Well, I know they split it. I mean, that's, well, that's the, not the main feature of the show. It's just kind of like an extra bonus. At the it, end. it was my main feature of the show. Now I'm, now I'm kind of done. Yeah, I, I, that was kind of the big news. I thought I don't care who the couple is. It could be anybody. <laughs> They're all the same anyway. <laughs> These beautiful people in their late 20s just getting together in, in some bubble. I mean, they're all the same. Anyway, Who cares? Yeah, this should be a really weird season of Bachelorette with Claire Crawley leaving early and then bringing in, um, is it Tasha that's replacing her? Tasha Adams, yeah. So, yeah. so that should be interesting. That should make for some drama, although we already know how that works out. But, but it should be interesting to see how they show it. On sure. the most dramatic season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. It's it's going to be great. I It's weird because it's on Tuesdays because obviously ABC owns ESPN. ESPN has Monday Night Football, so they're not going to be on Mondays because this is in the fall. Normally, The Bachelorette is right after The Bachelor, like in April. But that was obviously changed because of COVID, so that had to be pushed back. So so now it's it's going in the fall. But yeah, it's it's definitely going to be different, Alex. I'm I'm very curious to see how this does play out. I I do love the Bachelor and Bachelorette's editing and the weekly format and kind of condensing all the the juicy stuff in those those couple hours there. I I think it makes for really good TV. That's just my thought. <laughs> I anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Seems you're alone on that take, man. I don't have much to say. I've never been a big fan. But is he still there? Is he still there? He's I'm still, still here. here. Oh, <laughs> Do you, but you like what I, you know what I'm saying, Alex, right? You, you. Yeah, I can't I, talk I to like Zach it. about the Bachelor, right? He doesn't watch. Yeah, I know. I'm like a dead wheel on this one. <laughs> Big old flat tire on this tricycle right now. No, no, I, I enjoy the Bachelor. I just haven't had much time to get ramped up for it, to be honest. I mean, and it seems like the hype has been dragged out for so long. Like, I'm just, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I've been waiting for this <laughs> season to come out for, for months and. <laughs> You know, like, I don't get so excited about it that I'm, like, you know, you know, biting my nails waiting for I it to know. come on TV. But once it starts, yeah, I'll watch it. I'm and exaggerating. I'm sure, I'm sure Anna will have me watch it with her. So <laughs> there you go. It, it was so funny that, you know, when we were watching 
the bachelor in in the in the fall and or not the fall in the spring i'm sorry and then they were showing some of like the best of over the summer because they didn't do um bachelor in paradise but they were just showing some other kind of best of bachelors and they still ran those ads where it was like we're looking for men to date our next bachelorette claire crawley and it was just going on and on for months and i got to the point where i'm saying like is nobody applying does nobody <laughs> want to date her they're just like begging for people they're begging for contestants we're really really trying hard looking for contestants to date our new bachelorette claire crawley and just on and on i'm <laughs> it was just weird because it seemed like they weren't getting any applications uh she's a little older but i don't know she's still pretty that Max looks like. Well, they must have up. found a good one because she found her, you know, the love of her life within a few weeks, and that's thirty years the whole old. thing off. <laughs> Do, you guys remember uh, uh, Colton Underwood? Time? <laughs> no. Kind of. Kind of. He was a football player. Colton Underwood was on The Bachelor. He he was The Bachelor, wasn't he? For for a little bit. Yes. Uh, so he has now been uh, allegedly stalking. Cassie Randolph and Cassie was the one they ended up with because uh, they ended the season and they were together but that didn't last so what what happened is uh, she's battling her legal battle against ex Colton Underwood uh, this time turning to the police to help her but in court documents Randolph claimed the bachelor had been stalking and harassing her with unsettling text messages and also alleged he placed a tracking device on her car very, very interesting. Yikes. It seems like Colton is not as uh, as stable as uh, we might thought he was. No, he's not handling this breakup very well. It, it definitely doesn't seem like it, and that's that's going on right now. So I I don't think we're gonna hear much about that on next season of The Bachelorette. I think they're gonna try to uh, maybe avoid that issue. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's I didn't not find doing well with women. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't true love. I guess not. <laughs> Chris Harrison would be disappointed anyway. He probably <laughs> think it's it's for the best. But there was a counter report was authored and a detective assigned to investigate the case, according to um, an LASD, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department spokesperson. Due to the nature of this ongoing investigation, no other information is available at this time. So it seems pretty contentious. Um, anyway, do you want to do you want to watch the SNL stuff? Or what What other things did you want to get to? Because I know we're kind of I, running. Well, I really just want to talk about this uh, get your booty to the pole story. Okay. We, I think, we, I think got we should end on that. Well, we got time. Do you want? I want to talk about SNL a little bit. And that well, Meyer story that I teased. Going? This has been a pretty long episode. We're at 110. We're fine. I say I say we do this get your booty to the pole, and then we, we save SNL for a better week. I wasn't terribly impressed this week. Oh. I, well, I it's the new were. episode. Can we just talk, know, can we just talk about how I thought that Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden was fantastic? <laughs> I thought that yeah, was, he was a perfect. He was really fit. good. I hope he comes on every week and plays Joe Biden. I I hope so too. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I know you weren't as big of a fan of it this week. I, I definitely thought that there were some moments that were not that good. I'm not a big Weekend Update guy, but I thought some of the skits, especially that Super Spreader name change skit, was was really good. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I liked it. But we'll see next week. I'm sure there's another episode next week, I'm sure. Maybe that'll be better. Hey, I Well, I didn't get to watch this week. I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself because I really wanted to watch this week. But you should have. I'll watch next week. Yeah, I, I will. I will. I really wanted to make it a point to do it. Can I so. mention this Meyer story really quick, Alex? Then we can move on to the. We can end the show with the get out the vote. 
Sure. I actually do that. The Meyer story is great. So, for anyone shopping at Meyer, especially the Meyer in Belgium, which is me. Yeah, I you love the, Meyer. Oh, I know. That's why I need to hear this. <laughs> wait, I'm wait. making an exception. I'm letting you fit this one in. <laughs> oh, thank you for the exception, Mister New. <laughs> we're. So, I mean, no, we're fine. But anyway, in Belleville, a man of all things went into a Meyer. He dropped his pants. He took a shit in a box. And put it back on the shelf. <laughs> Wait, which box? He pooped. This is what the story says from the free press. A man pooped in an empty box, closed it, and left it on a shelf at a Van Buren Township Meyer, according to police today. Meyer security footage recorded the suspect shitting <laughs> in the aisle and then placing the de- defecated box back <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> this incident took place at the Meyer in Belleville oh Road God. on Thursday, last Thursday around 4 p.m. The suspect also stole some items from the store just for good measure. Uh, police uploaded the footage I on their... shit everywhere. I shit all <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for those. Police uploaded the footage on their Facebook page. Uh, however, Meyer officials requested the department to take any images and videos of the incident down, citing their corporate policy as a reason. But the suspect left the parking lot in a light-colored Ford Escape. Police said they have zero leads on any suspect. <laughs> so this man is out there just shitting in boxes. It sounds like he brought his own box from home, took a crap, put it on the shelf as a joke or whatever, laughed, stole some items and left. Oh my god. So who know, Alex, if you're at a mire near your new apartment, you better watch out for mysterious boxes on shelves, especially ones that maybe look a little dirty or smell kind of bad. Yeah, um, wait a second. How far is Belleville from here? Oh, <laughs> uh, far away. You, you're good. Okay. It's much closer. You don't know where Belleville is? It's right before Yips- y- Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, okay. Well, Ypsilanti is close to Ann Arbor, and I don't go anywhere near that trash town. So. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Can you imagine opening your box of grain crackers and just seeing a big old shit in it? I, I really... Yeah, wait, what kind of box was it? Did they say? It doesn't specify. I hope it was a box... I hope it was... Well, I, I don't hope it was, but it would be funny if it was like a box of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> or like a box of like I don't know hostesses. Maybe they get him <laughs> those chocolate covered hostesses. Could you imagine? Uh, this one doesn't look right. <laughs> Some kid getting it. Mommy, this one looks funny. It smells. <laughs> Shut up. Just eat it. It's your snack of the day. Oh my god. That'd so this man awful. is on the loose. He, he's on the lamb. <laughs> he could be doing this anywhere. Without and he's in and out without a trace. I just hope to God he was wearing a mask. The, the crime, yeah, the, the mask works in his favor. How are they going to find him? How do you identify him? <laughs> oh, Lordy, it, Lord. You, this happens all the time to me. Like, it, you, you, what, you, you, meet you, someone... you find boxes and they're shitting them? Yeah, yeah, no. Wait, no. wait what, is that? Wait, what happens to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about this. You know, you, you never know what's, if you meet someone new while they have the mask on, you never know what they look like underneath it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and I think yeah, it's like weird. Yeah, yeah. No, like I one of the, one of the people I work with uh, at this site, I saw them without their mask, and it's just it's eye bog- like mind boggling to me how they look. I I would never guess that with their eyes, that was their lower half of their face that. <laughs> it's the, it's the that new went with it. It's the new um, radio voice when you see their face. It's like, oh my god, he sounds like that in the radio. I've never seen him, but that's what he looks like. Yeah. I never would have guessed. Now it's the same thing. And, and SNL did a song about that. Yeah, the yeah, bottom was, of your face. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of that SNL episode. <laughs> that was, was a good show. Bit. Me the bottom of your face song. <laughs> <laughs> Got up in the morning, took the like most perfect double tapered shit I've ever had in my life, <laughs> and put it right in a box onto a Meyer shelf. Stole a couple things and left. And I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> It's the perfect crime. 
I was going to use that drop to ask why the police had no leads. It's this guy right here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. They have the audio. We should send it to the police as like a due diligence thing, a good Samaritan. We found some audio of the man who shit in that box for you. (laughs) See if you can match the voice. I've never heard someone talk so much about shitting them. (laughs) He's definitely under suspicion. That's for sure. And if anyone sees George Brett in the Michigan area, we'll definitely know for sure at that point. All right, Alex, play I'm the... I'm just uh, standing there, and it's just running down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I hope it was at least a solid crap in the box. <laughs> it's not just some mess that's soaked and saturated with brown water, and it's oh at least a little more stable. Those poor employees. Oh, my God. Horrible. awful. All right, Alex, do you want to lead into this story? Do you want to play it, or do you want me to play it? You should probably play it since I'm remote. Let me let me pull it up, but it, can you explain what it is? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this was a an ad that ran in the Atlanta area. If it did, I'm, if I'm correct. And <laughs> it was only um, meant really quick. It was only meant like for the Atlanta area. This was never expected to go viral nationwide, but it has. Is it bad that I? This is something I would expect out of Atlanta. <laughs> This is what Atlanta has to offer us. So Atlanta has a huge strip club scene, right? And you remember from from the chicken wing story we did in our first episode. Yes. And and so to encourage some of the uh, some of the Atlanteans to uh, to get out to the polls, they made a uh, a video. A bunch of strippers made a video, uh, a music video almost, promoting uh, you know voting. I guess I don't know. Take it away. Play it. It's it's called get your booty to the pole. Uh, it's 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 perfect. Hang on, I'm pulling it up and right now. You, you got to look it up because it is. You got to watch the video to get the full effect. <laughs> um, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's just strippers dancing on a pole. Get your booty to the 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 pole. You've seen this, right, Zach? Yeah. It, the video. The video is pretty. Uh, what yeah. you would expect. <laughs> Do we get your attention? Good. So, you're really not gonna vote? You know it's more than just the president on the ballot, right? Check it. A district attorney decides who to prosecute. Including whether or not to go after dirty cops. Do you know who elects the Meanwhile, DA? there's just cheeks clapping. We do. It's amazing. You don't want to vote. Can't make it rain if you oh want my. to vote on some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> encoding taught in our schools? Then vote for the school boards that will prepare us oh my God, for look the job at her. market. <laughs> want to end cash bail? Well, then vote for the sheriffs and county officials that feel the same way you do. But you talking about, oh, they gonna pick who they gonna pick, shawty. Ferguson just elected the I haven't heard a single mayor. word they're saying. You know how that <laughs> we need subtitles. It's clear black lives <laughs> don't matter to some of our current elected officials. If they matter to you, then don't let other people decide who's wow. gonna run your community. Get your booty to the pole. Get your booty to the pole. Get your booty to the pole. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I gotta say, those, those ladies definitely got their booties to the find out who's running where Damn right. Go to getyourbootytothepole.com. Close up on an ass with an I voted sticker on it. <laughs> Man, what an attention grab. Uh, and an incredible, incredible ass. <laughs> oh my god. No, it's taking the internet by storm. It's really <laughs> just taking it. I really think every PSA needs to be given by strippers. That was so entertaining. I mean, I watched it three or four times. Just see what the message was. It definitely got people's attention. It, it could be a new uh, new political campaign strategy. Only, 
<laughs> Can you imagine if, if if Biden or Trump sees this and says to themselves, "Well, look at the attention that ad got. Man, what am I doing wrong?" <laughs> you know what? We we got to find the nation's best strippers. We're getting them the next Biden ad, or we're getting them the next Trump ad right away. We're doing it. Oh man, that'd be good. Why can't political ads be like that all the time? You know, I mean, <laughs> I know it's not a political ad; it's a get out the vote ad, but it, you know, it's same, similar stuff. Is it good for? Can you like air that anywhere? Can you imagine like watching Nickelodeon? Like you just finished your episode of SpongeBob, and then this <laughs> pops up. <laughs> you're watching Nickelodeon. Kids, kids can't vote. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're watching a kids show in in Atlanta, and then this comes out as a PSA. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh boy, it's I think this is the new incredible. strategy. I think it's definitely the new strategy. It's got definitely got some attention. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll play the outro here. We'll we'll get out of here. Been, been doing a long show, one one twenty three. Not too bad. This worked out well, Alex. I'm actually I'm actually pretty glad that this um this worked out perfectly. Um, yeah, I I hope the audio is good. I think it is. It sounds great on my end. Do you want to give out the uh the social media stuff, the email? Yes, yes, absolutely. So on Twitter, follow us at Cutting Out Early. Instagram is at Cutting Out Early dot podcast. You can email us at Cutting Out Early dot podcast at gmail you can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I mean, if you're listening right now, you found us, so that's great. Thank you. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, make sure to uh, like us, subscribe to us, vote, rate us, whatever you got to do. Vote, yeah. Get your booty to the poll. <laughs> yeah, vote. get your booty to vote. the poll. Vote. Rate us, rate us. We're going to be doing pizza soon, and we're doing the helmet soon. That We, we have Maybe. to. <laughs> The new We're running, doing it soon. The new running gag in the show. <laughs> They're coming. It's coming. Believe me, it's coming. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Right, see you next week. Right, see you.